and turning to our economy section for this morning's GMS Focus. South Korea's rice consumption dropped to an all-time low amid changing and diversifying dietary habits in the country. In fact, compared to 30 years ago, rice consumption has been roughly cut in half. A bowl of white rice accompanied various side dishes and hot soup is no longer the only typical meal in Korea. Now, the sharp drop in demand has led to huge oversupply of rice, prompting the government to weigh in. So let's talk more about the rice problem with economics professor Yang jun Sok at the Catholic University of Korea, who joins us on the line. Good morning, Professor Yang. Good morning. Uh, are you a big rice consumer? <laughs> uh, not really. Much. Uh, I've been trying to watch my weight, and I've been told to try to drop uh, white rice, but I do eat some brown rice quite a bit. That's right. And, and I think in the past maybe decade or even more so, there's been sort of a stigma attached to these so-called white products like white rice, sugar, flour, steer clear for a healthier diet. And that is perhaps only a fragment of today's conversation, a changing dietary habits that is resulting in significantly dropped rice consumption in the country. Now, according to the latest data, rice prices plunge over 25% due to oversupply, causing an estimated damage of 1.5 trillion won to farmers. Can you first briefly run us through the price fluctuations that we've seen in recent years? And is dropping consumption the only reason behind this price fall? Well, it's likely dropping consumption coupled with uh, bad government policies because Korean market is so isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, but looking at the price con- uh, fluctuations first, if we look at global prices for rice, it's been generally rising in the last few years. Uh, looking at the FAO, the uh, International Agricultural Co- uh, Organization, the uh, global price for Japan- uh, Japonica rice, which is the type of rice sold in Korea, uh, Looking at their price index, it has increased from 90.7 in 2018 to 129 in 2022. And if you look at monthly figures, it grew from uh, 113.9 in February 2022 to a recent high of 160.9 in January 2023 and falling a little bit back in February 157.9. So globally, uh, the uh, price of Japonica rice has been on a rising trend, but for, for Korea, uh, price has been generally falling from a high of 55,000 won per 20 kilograms uh, in uh, 2020 to uh, the uh, low of 40,000 701 in September 2022. Uh, it has recovered a little bit since then. Uh, in March, it was 44,797.1, but mm-hmm. still, uh, Korean uh, rice has been on a falling trend. Now, there's two key uh, factors to keep in mind. Korean rice is effectively separated from the global market. Korea has 514% tariff on rice, uh, though uh, for first 41 tons of imports, it is only 5%, but still, uh, with uh, 514% tariff, you're effectively separated from the uh, global market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, even before the tariffs came in, Korean rice market has been isolated from global market for most of Korea's modern history. Uh, it started out with the outright ban of imports in 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. uh, and then a sort of a controlled quota when Korea joined the WTO in 1990s. Uh, but 
since uh, 2012, Korea has been using 514% tariffs. So Korean farmers have been protected and is still being protected from global market fluctuations. So whatever is happening is purely Korean in origin. Now, uh, another uh, factor to consider is that Korean rice prices are roughly two to eight times global price of rice. So it does not need to follow global trends. Uh, expensive global rice is still cheap by Korean standards. Mm-hmm. So this fall in prices, uh, the uh, reason for that is likely entirely domestic. Um, now, uh, the big contributor here is probably the uh, changes in Korean people's lifestyle. As you said in the beginning, uh, Korean people are eating less rice. And this was compounded during the pandemic due to a temporary halt for school lunch programs, mm-hmm. which reduced the uh, demand for rice further. Uh, but also, uh, the uh, pro- uh, the uh, problem is uh, that there's so much rice being produced. Uh, the, uh, there's about 630,000 tons of excess rice that government must warehouse currently, and uh, all this extra rice is driving down prices. Uh, and why is there so much supply? Well, one of the reasons is price, con- uh, price control by the government, but also we have to consider that most other agricultural products more or less follow market principles. Uh, but rice market was so completely protected from any type of competition from outside that uh, from a farmer's point of view, uh, if you plant any other agricultural goods, you're open to price risk. Uh, prices can fluctuate very high or very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for rice, the prices are determined by political expediency rather than market forces. So in order to reduce uh, risk, uh, you're just going to produce more rice, even though it's not something really Korea needs that much anymore. Right. And now this finally begs a question, then how do we effectively stabilize prices? Uh, so the big question at hand, the main opposition Democratic Party has almost unilaterally passed a bill mandating the government to purchase surplus rice from farmers. The bill requires government purchase of rice if production exceeds the estimate of demand by 3 to 5 percent or if prices fall by more than 5 percent on year. I, I think I can guess the answer to your question. But do you think this will be an effective way in stabilizing prices in the short term? And then what about the long term? Well, in the short run, it will be effective in controlling prices and maybe even in the long term. But mm. it'll likely come at really great big cost to government and taxpayers mm. since it'll cost money not only to buy rice at inflated prices, but also store this uh, excess rice. Uh, and, of course, the uh, consumers uh, will p- pay higher prices as well. Uh, and it's a bad welfare policy as well. I mean, we justify some of these larger prices because we want to protect uh, small, marginal uh, rice farmers. Uh, but small farmers with higher costs will not really get that much money because their output is small, so uh-huh. they're only selling small bits at a time, and not much extra income because their costs are typically higher than bigger uh, richer farms. Uh, so uh, most of the so-called uh, su- subsidy portion of this price guarantee is probably going to go to uh, bigger uh, and more efficient farmers rather than uh, marginal, smaller farmers. Uh, and so in 
a sense, it's just it's better policy if you just give money away to uh, rice farmers. Uh, in that case, uh, you can give more money to poorer marginal farmers and less money to larger farmers. And uh, if you just give the money and let them grow whatever they want other than rice, well, Korea has a shortage of almost all other grain and foodstuff. Korea is, uh, in terms of grain, only about 20, uh, 30%. Per- 33% self-sufficient. In terms of all food stuff, it's only about 25% self-sufficient. Uh, so we're having shortages of most uh, grains and food stuff. It's only rice that we have excess, uh, mm-hmm. but we're producing more rice. Uh, so if you just give, uh, say, money away and then just tell the farmers to grow anything other than rice, uh, it'll probably be more helpful than a policy which uh, induces uh, gives incentive to producing more uh, stuff that Korea has excess supply of. <laughs> now, in fairness, uh, apparently there was a government policy similar to this uh, in the past, uh, but about two or three years ago, government stopped that program, and it's being replaced by this rice price support program. So uh, this may be a case where we actually got rid of a better program and replacing with a program that's worse. Uh, Professor Young, as you've said, it, it would be effective in maybe uh, stabilizing prices, uh, but at a big cost for taxpayers. And we have some estimations. Over $1 trillion won of taxpayers' money is projected to be spent on buying excess rice every year if this bill is implemented. Uh, what do you make of this? And what are some possible economic side effects of mandating government purchase of rice? Okay, well, as you mentioned, uh, by 2030, the uh, cost of buying uh, this excess rice and storing it is likely to go over 1.4 trillion won, mm-hmm. and cost per person over the next seven years uh, is estimated to be about 160,000 won per person, and this is only for the uh, next seven years. If the policy continues beyond that, then cost per person is likely to uh, rise even higher. Uh, but uh, if you look at the uh, pattern, uh, then uh, with this type of policy, the excess rice production is probably going to uh, rise rather than fall. And on the, on the demand side, not only is the uh, consumption per person falling, uh, but the uh, total population is falling as well. And remember that younger people prefer to eat less rice, so we'll uh, have continuing uh, declining demand uh, unless the uh, public taste Uh, The uh, taste of younger people for rice changes drastically. And since rice is expensive by global standards, that that will be an additional, though probably small, uh, reason why people eat less rice. Mm -hmm. Then on the supply side, uh, as I said, agriculture is a risky business. So if government guarantees the price of rice, then more farmers will uh, produce rice rather than other grains and vegetables, which Korea is uh, short of. Uh, So this policy encourages not only excess supply of rice that people don't want, but Mm -hmm. encourage less supply of other grains and foodstuff that Korea needs. Okay, so it doesn't look like a win-win situation for now. Uh, So then what else could be a good alternative to government purchase in tackling plunging rice prices? Could promoting exports of, let's say, K-Rice be a realistic solution? Probably not. I mean, for (laughs) some farmers, some uh, producers, it could be a solution. But for the entire rice uh, 
industry, probably not, unless Korean rice undergoes a really drastically large increase increase in quality or brand recognition. Uh, as I said, the price of Korean rice is about two to eight times the uh, global price of rice, depending on uh, how you measure it. Uh, the Korean rice is reportedly about eight times the price of rice, uh, Japonica rice, similar rice to Korea uh, in the United States. So if Korean rice is to be exported successfully, consumers must perceive that the quality and taste of Korean rice justify such higher prices. And while the general opinion is that Korean rice is, on average, better quality than rice sold elsewhere, it does remain questionable whether an ordinary non-Korean consumer will uh, feel that the higher price for buying Korean rice is justified. Mm. And it should be noted that exports of Korean rice is perhaps on the uh, few hundred tons uh, per year, while excess uh, rice production is going to be more than 500,000 tons. Uh, So, uh, and also because Korea charges 514% tariffs, uh, it's not clear whether other countries uh, will not have retaliatory tariffs on Korean rice, even though such retaliatory tariffs are frowned by the WGO. Uh, And then uh, a lot of, most of the world actually consumes non-sticky rice. It's only the uh, East Asian region uh, that eats a lot of this uh, sticky rice that Koreans and Chinese love. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, even if we do manage to export to the East Asian population, Mm -hmm. uh, if we really want to increase the exports, uh, then we somehow have to convince uh, these uh, people who eat non-sticky rice to eat sticky rice. Uh, so, uh, so while the uh, increasing exports may uh, be a solution for a certain few uh, very efficient, uh, very specialized uh, producers, I don't see it as a solution for uh, the entire excess rice production. Okay, even if, if we're really clever with branding, let's say, each on rice and exporting, you're saying that maybe the demand for it, even outside of Korea, may be limited due to the nature of sticky rice as opposed to flaky one and also the tariffs that remain in place. Uh, I, I, I do appreciate each on rice, but you're right. There's also a global trend to steer clear of sticky rice, too, for health reasons, as you said at the beginning of the conversation. But thank you very much, Dr. Yang, for going through the details of this story. We highly appreciate it. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.